recording. Exactly. Greetings and salutations. My name is Justin Lore. And I'm Liam O'Donnell. Oh, and God. <laughs> and you are listening to another year-ending episode of Horror Business. That didn't work because you forgot your No, mic. it didn't. I d- <laughs> ah, so, so bad at this. This is, is January 9th. Today? Today is January 9th. We are currently, people will find this interesting, we are currently recording this before I've even had a chance to finish editing the last episode. It's a form of time travel. <laughs> it's, a, it's a form of time travel. I just haven't, you know, I haven't been able to. I'm okay, sorry. It's, it's the, it's, 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 I get it. You don't got to justify it to me. It is what it is. It be what it do, and it do how it is, as, as the great uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson says, or so I've been led to believe by internet memes. So you probably ascertained this is going to be our best of 2017 episode. We're going to talk about what movies we really liked in 2017. I was going to do some stuff where I was going to talk about what I didn't like in 2017, but I decided, you know what? New You're going to keep it posy? New year, new me. I don't really think of you as a posy dude like that. You shouldn't, because I'm not positive at all. I am not an optimist, yeah, as they say. That sounds sick. Yeah. But... Before we jump into the meat and the potatoes and the rice and the fucking broccoli and whatever fancy weird vegetables Liam makes. You don't eat meat. I know. I'm saying like it's like. It's I had broccoli tonight, but I made. Uh, no, nothing fancy. Nothing fancy. You did make me that curry the one time and I am fucking in awe. <laughs> That's the craziest shit I've ever seen. Yo, anytime you want me to cook for you, I will cook I know, cook but you always you. make it too spicy and I'm too white for that. Just tell. I can make it not no, spicy. No, you can't. Not for me. Anyway, before we get to that, I just got to say that this episode is brought to you by Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations, the premier screen printing company of the Lehigh Valley, greater Lehigh Valley area. The least embarrassing screen printing The least printing embarrassing company. screen printing company. Actually, no. No. It's not the least embarrassing. I mean, it's, it, it is the fruit of Chris Reject's figurative loins, so it's automatically embarrassing. Because... Chris Reject is embarrassing? Chris Reject is embarrassing. Well, the thing is, beauty is embarrassing, so. I don't even know what that means. Uh, it's the name of a documentary about an art guy. Oh, well, I don't like art, so. I mean, this art guy designed the sets for Pee-wee's Playhouse, so it's not like he's like some fancy. Rob Zombie? Pink and he's not like, oh, my name's oh. Liam O'Donnell. Oh. I hate your monocle So, voice, So anyway, man. so anyway. We have our apparel creations. You're probably asking yourself, what can I get done there? I think the better question to ask yourself is, what can't you get done there? I can't think of anything. I can't. I mean, well, if you walked in and said, hey, I want to get a replica of Bruce Willis' saying from Died with a Vengeance that he walks down the street in Harlem, they probably won't do that. And that's probably a good thing because if you want a T-shirt that says that, you're probably a piece of shit. And don't listen to the show. But if you want something that says like, Big Jim's Arm Wrestling League. And you're Big Jim. Go there. Go. He'll make you a t-shirt. And if you want like the back to say, like, Armageddon, they'll do that too. Maybe you need something that will let the world know that you really enjoy water sports. Yes. If you want to go there and get one that says, like, the yellow tidal wave. Pee on me and call me mommy. Yeah, if that's your if that's your if that's your name, if that's your whatever if that's your water sport name, I don't know if people who were into that actually no they don't. That's weird. But if you want that, they'll make it for you. They'll help you come up with a design. 
they'll 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 they'll, they'll, they'll take you by the hand very, very gently they'll walk you through through the creative process and you'll you'll go in confused you'll probably come out confused but you'll at least you'll come out on the other side with a design and a product in hand that you can sell They'll print on anything. I've said it, I said it last week. They can probably find a way to print on Dr. Seuss hats. I may or may not have approached Chris about this on Christmas Eve to see if they would print on Dr. Seuss, hat, Dr. Seuss hats. Chris said it was not out of the question. So there you go. Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. www.xlvacx.com. I don't know why there are X's in there because Chris rejects as many things. A scoundrel. Mm-hmm. A rascal. I would say. It, but he's not straight edge. Yeah. In fact, I'd say the whole business is kind of 420 friendly. I mean. Yeah. I mean, technically, the whole country's at this point, thankfully. Yeah. So, yeah, go to www.xlvacx.com. You can find them on Instagram and Twitter. Just look up LVAC. It's not the Las Vegas Athletics Commission or whatever. Don't give those people your patronage. Give Chris Reject your patronage. Chris fucking Reject. Horrible human being. <laughs> but, a, but a good... But a great businessman. But a great businessman. A capitalist a great, to the core. A great businessman. Yes. He's very good at business. <laughs> He's got dollar signs for eyes, and he carries on a burlap sack filled with ill-gotten gains. I was trying to do British there. That was like it... weird Russian. Yeah, was it Russian? Strangely Eastern European. Uh, uh, Offen- if I... Offensively Russian. If you are Russian and you're listening to this, first of all, stop meddling in our fucking elections. Secondly, fuck you for killing Apollo Creed. Yeah, yeah, also true. But then thirdly, I'm sorry if I offended you. Liam, have yes. you done anything recently that involved... The horror genre. The horror genre. The glass didn't break. <laughs> I tried. Um, honestly, I have not. Uh, I've been really super kind of busy. The only thing that I watched recently that I think is worth bringing up, but I know you're going to bring it up too, is It Stains the Sands. Yes. Now, I think we had slightly differing opinions on that. Yeah, tell 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 the, the listening audience a little bit about okay. this movie. Give me just a second to bring up the Wikipedia page on my laptop that I have. Um, on it stands his hands right because I do have a very um, it's weird. It kind of has like a like there's more to it than just the movie itself. I kind of have a very complicated opinion about this movie. So this movie was directed by a guy named Colin Minahan. This is his second movie that he's directed solo. You might know him. He was part of a production t- or a production writing directing team known as the Vicious Brothers, who did Grave Encounters, Grave Encounters Two, and a little movie we was well, actually the first movies that we watched together, Extraterrestrial. Oh yeah, yeah. Now, how I feel about this guy is these movies aren't great movies. They're not works of art. In fact. When people criticize them, I, I'm like, yeah, okay. Like, I can't even really, you know, they're, you know it's different strokes for different folks. But what I, what I like about this guy's movies is that each movie he's made has been incrementally, incrementally better than the last one. I didn't think Grave Encounters was great. Or Grave. Uh, I thought Extraterrestrial could have been good and was still enjoyable. But it was a movie about malicious aliens, and it didn't scare me. And that really kind of takes a that you got to be a subpar movie to not do that. This movie, I think, was better than better than Extraterrestrial, and it still needs a lot. I, I think this guy still needs a lot a lot of work to really get there. But I'll definitely say that this guy ha- he's sort of like I feel about him the way I feel about like Eli Roth, except I don't want to smash his face open with a rock, and he's not a gigantic piece of shit. I don't know. Maybe Colin Minahan is a terrible human being. I don't know. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. But I think this guy has like potential to make a really great movie someday. 
And unlike Eli Roth, who keeps making the same fucking, you know, here's a movie where we're going to show grotesque, horrible violence and gore. Like, at least Colin Minahan is, like, trying to do different things. Like, the found footage, the fucking aliens, the zombies. Like, who knows what he'll do next? Maybe he'll do a movie next about a two mermaids that come out of the ocean in Poland and they sing a song that enchants all the weird. Wait a minute. <laughs> no, but... Did I, we talk about that the last time? We talked episode? about Lore, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Um, No, I mean, it was... Uh, th- this movie, you probably saw the trailer. It's just about this woman who is chased across the desert by a single zombie played by Brittany Allen, who I really liked. She was an extraterrestrial. She was also in Jigsaw, which I didn't see. I don't need to see Jigsaw. What I didn't like about it was the acting of every character that wasn't her really left something to be desired but luckily she's pretty much the only person in the movie and there is a very graphic very unnecessarily and very shoehorned in rape scene that i think kind of came out of nowhere and sort of knocked the movie out of its groove for me for me i felt like this was a movie this is not my phrase this is something that i've heard other people say it felt like a movie that was like a premise in search of a script Okay. Like that someone just said, okay, we got a lady. She's going across the desert. And there's this one zombie following her. And she starts to like identify with the zombie. And maybe the zombie starts to identify with her. That pause, by the way, was him taking a hit off his vape pen. I don't know if he had a vape pen. (laughs) Uh, Okay. For you, maybe not. But to me... This felt like a vape induced movie. You think? Oh yeah. I think oh, this movie I, yeah. I, I think this movie I think this movie is too I mean I could easily see like a water bong being involved or like a comically large pipe, but I don't know about like a vape. I don't know if Colin Minahan is a vapist. I got vape vape vibes. You got vape vibes? Uh to me, yeah. I I mean I understand like you have a bit of a uh now uh viewing relationship with this with this person i don't mean that in a negative way or anything but like you kind of appreciate at least some of what they've done i like what he's doing he he, i i like he he's progressing and i like that i i don't have that and i didn't get a sense of that just from this movie you didn't think this was better than uh extraterrestrial yeah yeah, I don't but that's saying much. But I was gonna say that's not. It just felt very. She felt flimsy to me as a character. Okay, I will agree. Her performance is fine, but there's yeah. just not much there. Um, and I don't know that they've always thought through the actual dynamics of the. There's just a lot. There's a lot of moments of montaging. Yes, she's walking, and then we're seeing the zombie, and it, there's there's. If there was less of that and more of her talking, maybe she's falling apart a little bit or whatever. Okay. Maybe I would have gotten into it more. I don't know. But it just felt like a gimmick. The whole thing played like a gimmick. Yeah. And then the end just felt that like guy, nothing. Guy, this There's, this I, guy has a problem with endings. You know what I mean? Yeah. The ending The ending of... I mean, you remember when we watched Extraterrestrial. The ending of that movie, I felt like half the movie was that ending. Mm-hmm. You know, it just like there were so many times where they could have just ended it and they didn't. I mean, granted, we got a really sweet use of a magnetic field song that I really liked, but I could just go to my car and listen to the magnetic fields and fucking cry. This kind of had the same thing. It's like this movie could have ended so many times before it actually did, and when they actually did end it, it was sort of like... Do you, do you remember that movie? Uh, it was like a New Zealandy movie, Undead. I think we've talked about this. Yeah. 
it had a similar kind of ending. Yeah. You know, or like the ending of like, and this is going to come completely out of left field, and I guarantee Liam doesn't know what I'm about to say, the ending of Ghosts of Mars. <laughs> when like Ice Cube is in his like his jail cell and he hears like the sounds of commotion outside and then Natasha Hendridge just fucking kicks the door open throws him a gun or seven and it's like let's go kick some ghost ass and then like Ramstein starts playing and then they fucking go out and like this movie ends with like she's like def- do yeah <laughs> do us she's like defending her child from like the horde like it just seemed like it was like this movie that was like really trying to do something. And like, I'll be honest, the scenes, spoiler, if you haven't seen the movie, the scenes when like, she's like talking to the zombie and she gives it a name. And then like when she goes to leave the zombie and she takes the, like the, his wallet out. And she's like, that was a, that was really well done. I thought that was really cool. Like it was very like, Oh no, this was a person who had a name and a life before this. And it was like, it was really like, Holy shit. This guy, no, this, this, this guy is actually doing something interesting. And then it was like, you know, his like dickhead twin brother came in and was like, fuck that pussy shit and like flipped the table over and chugged a fucking Mountain Dew Kickstarter. And then they came up with the ending that this movie had. Like the movie ended with her defending. Like I, I just, the ending was just, I, I just, I don't know. It, it kind of like, I finished it and I was like, oh, okay. That's how, okay. Well, you still got a lot to learn. And again, I've never made a movie, so I have no room to criticize this guy for what he's doing, but I don't know. It just could have been better. Yeah, I mean, all, I, all we're responding to is how our experience of the film, not trying to say, like, because we would do better. Obviously, that, that's not what I'm saying. But for me, I don't know. I, I, a, I probably don't need to watch any more zombie movies. Like, that's probably no. the first That's probably the first problem is that I, I'm watching a zombie movie at all. Why am I watching a zombie I movie? I actually, someone someone recently online um, talking about the uh, the upcoming day of the dead remake or whatever the fuck it is um oh, by the way they make the bub analog they make him a former rapist oh fuck so he's a rapey yeah why not make the most yeah. lovable character george Romero ever came up with make him a raper um no reason not to i know why not i mean it's not like george Romero's dead and you know we're shitting on his i mean we're not but it it just there should be no more zombie movies for the next hundred years no I, more like we've 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 reached it and I get that he's, I don't know, bringing, bringing something new. Bringing something new to the table. We don't need to. It just felt very light to me. It didn't seem like it was worth the time I spent watching it. And um, and he doesn't do enough with it. Like, by the time that it's almost, she almost trains the zombie, which is, you're asking a lot of me that I'm going along with this that thing. That was a little abrupt. That, like, now she, the zombie is, like, not quite on her side. Like, she can't completely control it. But it's like it's at least sympathetic. It's, sort it's not of, attacking her. It's sort of like when you have a dog that you know is going to bite the neighbors, but you think if you're just nice enough to it, it won't. Yeah, that's how the zombie is. It's like at some point the zombie's going to do some zombie shit, but for now he's kind of like, yeah. I don't know. I guess I won't eat you. You're already asking a lot of me, but to then ask that much of me and then do nothing with it. Yeah. The to me, this is just so you know. If if me and Justin ever work on a screenplay. And he wants me to get on board with this plot point that someone has in some way domesticated a zombie. Even a little bit. Not She doesn't fucking have a pet. He's not doing tricks for her. But the only reason to ever have anyone become friendly with a zombie is so that they can sick that zombie on someone. That's it. That's the only accomplishment. That's what that is for. That is the Chekhovian gun that now must be fired in the third act. That's extremely cynical. 
Why? What other purpose could it possibly be? So it doesn't fucking kill you? This is the other thing. She's only in danger from the zombie because she is not smart. They she's also, continually also... write... She's in a world where she has no idea. First of all, post-Walking Dead, 90% of America knows, shoot it in the brain. Yeah. And she kind of says at one point, like, shoot it in the head, but like... At any point, she can smash the zombie in the head. There's rocks everywhere. Oh, my God. She's also, we should point out, off her fucking gourd on cocaine through half of the movie. Right. That's fair. Uh, but but my point being is that we've done a lot of work. You're asking a lot for us to be like, the zombie's chasing her. She can't do anything about that. But for some reason, the zombie just starts to like be cool with her. Yeah. Partly, he, he gets to eat her, her the guy who rapes her, but which, by the way, is a... Stupid, horrific scene that doesn't really... It's tremendously, like... Not that there's such a thing as an okay rape scene, but they very... What what happened where the zombie, like, attacked the guy who was assaulting her, they could have accomplished without showing what they did. He could have been distracted while he was trying to do something. Right. It's, and then, it's, you know what I mean? It's unnecessary. And it, it's part of the thing, like, that she is... Her character exists only as a shrill sex object. Yes. And I get that, like... By the end, we're supposed to be a little endeared to her because she is going to go back and rescue her child. But I don't feel like they do enough work for that. Okay. I feel like they don't do enough work to make her friendship, basically, whatever kinship she's supposed to feel with this fucking zombie. I, I have more compassion for the the wolf and the dude in Dances with Wolves than I do for this. You mean two socks? Yeah. I have more I have more understanding of their relationship than I do her and this goddamn zombie. And then all of that is to accomplish nothing other than she gets eventually to the airfield. Yeah. It's not like and then the zombie like saves her. You know, there's this mo like there's this moment where the zombie eats the dude who is raping her. That's part of their that's part of their being connected is that moment. I do kind of like the fact that they they left it the zombie's fate with zero fanfare. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, I, that's what I kind of like about the life of Pi, how, like, the tiger just gets out of the boat and just fucking runs away. And, and, and Pi is just distraught that here's this thing that was in his life for so long and was so important. And the tiger's just like, I'm out of here, fucker, later. And there's no, like, the tiger doesn't look back and, you know, see you around, kid. Take care. You know, like, the zombie's just gone. And I was like, uh, like at the time, I was like, I really wish they would have explained what happened to Smalls. The zombie's name is Smalls. What happened to Smalls? But in retrospect, I'm like, no, I, I, I do think that was like a bit of like, I do think that was Minahan maybe recognizing his limits and being like, I can't really show a cool way. See, but that's the thing. Uh, I, I just feel like too much of the plot relies on the zombie, and then they don't do any, again... This feels like Chekhov's gun to me. Maybe she doesn't need to sick the zombie on somebody, but I need something more to happen with the zombie. Okay. It just, in the end, feels like then it's like, all right, so I guess she's there, and there's a zombie, and I don't know, it's dead now? I don't fucking know. <laughs> like, for real, it's dead? The whole movie just like, kind of peters out for me at that point. Okay. Like, post, when she encounters the soldiers, and the soldiers shoot the zombie in the leg. For no reason. They're just assholes. For no reason. They're just dead. Well, I mean... There is a reason. Why are you hanging out with a fucking zombie? That's the first thing. But it's rather than do what they should do, which is shoot the zombie in the head, they just are like, we'll just leave it. So I'm saying it was like oh. cruel. It was like, she's like, this is my husband. And they're like, get a load of this fucking broad out here in the desert with her dead husband. And then like they do it to make things more difficult for her. I don't know. Here's the thing. 
I didn't like it. <laughs> That's fine. It got an honorable mention from me, which is more than I appreciate that. But it's actually the only horror thing I've been able. I've just been super busy, and I, you know, was catching up on some other um, movies recently. I finally saw Last Jedi, and so I just haven't had a chance to watch a lot of stuff. So I haven't been watching as much horror, and um, it kind of bums me out because I really wanted to try to catch up on some horror and. And said I watched this movie that I didn't enjoy. So maybe maybe I'm a little That's annoyed life. at it. Yeah, yeah That's yeah. life right there. It's true. It's true. I the only other hard thing I did really was I started watching the Exorcist TV show. I'm digging it so far. Um I like Alan Ruck. He's great. I, I I'm 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 kinda glad that they're not yet leaning too heavily on imagery that we know from the from the films. But I've heard that the end of season two is very Exorcist three heavy. I'm stoked on because that's like my favorite exorcist movie. Other than that, the only hard thing I'm going to do is immediately after I leave Liam's house, like the, the the first place I'm going to after I leave Liam's house, I'm going to Target and I'm going to get it on fucking DVD. No, I need to see. I cannot wait to watch it in just standard definition. You know, on my laptop on my 13 and a half inch screen. Like, look at that. Is that Georgie? I don't even know. I because you know what? All the cool features they're going to be released on YouTube. I'll just watch them on YouTube. I hate you so Look, much. Man, when it comes to movies, when it comes to DVDs, and I'm like, I'm like that dog in that meme, drinking his coffee in the house on fire. This is fine. <laughs> I'm just watching my standard definition. This is fine. Drinking my coffee, the fucking place is burning down. Well, just get a Blu-ray player. Look. Why? You know, I've I've already watched it like a bunch of times. What? Oh yeah, when your magic fucking TV. Yeah, man, it's cool. I've seen it four times. So. Oh, you went to the movies. Yeah. Um. Okay. I mean, I think that's fine. I seriously <sighs> do want to watch. I I I do want to get a hold of the um. Special features, with the alternate ending with uh, Bill's family like going on vacation because that looks like, that looks really cool. Totally. That's neither here nor there. So that's what we've been doing recently in horror. I I just I keep thinking I'm I'm forgetting something, and I just what am I, what am I thinking? I I can't. I know I did something else that involves horror, but I don't. Why do I have like a midwestern accent right now? I don't. (laughs) I I was. Well, I mean, we could mention we 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 you posted today that new Hellraiser trailer. Yeah. No. Yeah. Hey, look. Um, there's a lot of disturbing, fucked up imagery in Hellraiser. Really? Yeah, one hundred percent. Sure. But watching that trailer made me think, oh, this person thinks the reason people still care about Hellraiser is the fact that there is disturbing imagery, and so therefore they're just gonna up the ante. Look, here's the thing with Hellraiser. Oh, pound a monster, up the ante, vape. <laughs> We're going to start our own uh, movement in horror. It's called um, Rape Vape Wear Wave. I will not be a part of that. <laughs> it's good. It's going to be called Monster Energy Vapor Wave. Yes, and our mascot will be the Vape Ape. <laughs> It'll just be the Gorilla Biscuits bi- Gorilla holding like a vaping pen. Or two. <laughs> the Vape Ape. Um, no, like, it, it, that's what I'm saying. It It feels like... This like broed out gorehound version of what is actually yes, I mean okay. We when we talk about Clive Barker, if go back and listen to our Hellraiser 
we did a Hellraiser episode. Hellraiser and Nightbreed. Yeah, it was our, yeah. Our, our Clive Barker episode. Our Clive Barker episode. Um, we're not saying Clive Barker is subtle. I would never suggest no. that Clive Barker is subtle. But what he does is not like, more leather, more blades, more blood. No, no, no. Every, everything he does has like a has a purpose to it. Right. It's 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 every little thing he has you're like, "Oh no, that's why it's like that." Like you know, like why do the things and why do the Cenobites look the way they do? It's because their fucking wounds are infected because they're weirdos who yeah. you know, they do shit like that. What these newer Hellraiser movies seem to miss is that um one, new metal sucks. Two, that's all I got. <laughs> That's all I got. Well, I mean, I <laughs> you're being facetious, but in a way that's actually not. that's actually one hundred percent it. Yeah. That, that um what uh what these movies needed was not like an upsurge in adrenaline or you know what I mean? No, like that's they're, what... they're, they're, they don't need to be more badass. They don't just no, and, need and that's more... and, and, and that's why that's honestly why Look, ever since ever since Clive Barker did those Hellraiser comics for Boom Studios, where it was like the comics were canon with Hellraiser one and two, there don't need to be any more Hellraiser movies. We don't need any more. We're done. We don't need any more. Uh, all the stories have been told. They're not going to get any better. You know, like even like me, me and me and Ren were talking. John Ren of who uh, the 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 mandate we're talking about it today over Facebook. I I, I don't hate everything past Hellraiser four. I think the fifth Hellraiser movie and the sixth Hellraiser movie, they're not these works of art that the first two films are, but they're not nearly as bad as Hellraiser, Hellseeker, or whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? Like, they're still, they still are good movies because they understand because they they understand that like what makes Hellraiser creepy isn't like uh, weird S and M imagery and fucking chains where a guy strokes the chains and says like malicious shit. Wow. Yeah. It's it's more it's more um I don't know where I was going with that. Just fuck fuck this movie. It's like the fucking juggaloo version of Juggaloo. Yeah. yeah. I mean that's I, that's how I feel about it. Whatever. The point is uh that trailer sucked. Yeah, it was really bad. <laughs> um has have you seen any horror trailers recently that got you stoked? I want to say yes, but I can't really think. Hmm. I saw one for Slenderman that looked like a pile of shit. Yeah, I don't understand the Slenderman thing. No, it, it just because Channel Zero is amazing doesn't mean you can just make movies out of memes now, or not memes, fucking creepypastas now. Well, and even then, like the um, there's a lot of work they do to those creepy. You know what I mean? Like the the second season of uh, yeah Channel Zero. That's an author doing. That's that's not. If you go and check out that creepy pasta, it's not exactly like that. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That is actually poor source material. Yes, there's a lot of work that's been to make those any good. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm whatever. I just think, especially since the whole entire thing with, unlike the creepy pastas that have influenced the two seasons of Channel Zero, Slenderman is an internet phenomena. That has actually inspired weird white girls to stab people, and it just feel like knowing that, and even after the Slenderman documentary, to then go, 
I just think there's something here for a horror franchise. Yeah. Let's do it. I'm just kind of like, yo, fuck you. It's I profoundly don't tasteless. It just doesn't make it's uh, uh, now to be fair, we're not saying that horror has necessarily had an abundance of taste and it's not the first time that someone's used contemporary events to do something whatever. I just think there's not much there to Slenderman. Like you could say, well what about like you know, Jack Ketchum's Girl Next Door. Like, that's based off a of real crime, whatever, whatever. Um, even, like, Amityville is, you know... Made based, up. Made up. But it's, <laughs> made, it's based off of some, something someone made up in real life. Yeah. Some jerk to say it was real family. But you know what it fucking yeah. means? Like, like, in other words, I think that um, it's not that the reality in of itself that it had an impact, but there's so little to it to now try to make that into a movie. I, I guess what I'm also saying is... No, I would actually be surprised if any person who is legitimately obsessed with Slenderman is going to go to this fucking movie and go, "Oh my god, they really got it! They nailed it! They, they fucking captured, nailed they Slenderman! Everything that makes wow. Slenderman great! They showed all of his proxies, and that's all I know about Slenderman is that he has proxies. So that's where this joke is going to end. But <laughs> like, it just seemed like I was... I've, I've heard a lot of like uh, cross readings of Slenderman that are like he's tall and he's a businessman and he's white. So therefore, Slenderman is actually an anti-capitalist extension of no. a. It's just a weird internet. No, thing. it's just, just let it it's go. Just, yeah, it's just someone watched that episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer with the gentleman, and they fucking took it too far. I, I, I'm sure I'm missing something that I'll think of an hour after I leave here or five minutes. And I'm like, oh, why didn't I talk about that? But it's a, that's life. It's, look, guys, it's January. It's not exactly a hopping time for movies or anything, general, let alone horror. Here in Pennsylvania, the other day, the fucking temperature was minus 13 degrees. You, the weather has been bullshit. It's actual torture. Inappropriate. It's this sort of weather where some part of you thinks like, oh, this would be a good time to like make something warm to drink and watch the thing. But actually, it's too depressing to do that. Yeah. I mean, I'm never too depressed to watch the thing, but... But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not even celebrating winter right now. I'm just like, fuck. Oh. We've reached the depths oh my of God. the northeastern winter. How could it be this cold? What's going on? But... If and then do. liberals want to talk about global right, warming. Right, Those fucking liberals. Those libtards. Oh, global war. If it's so globally warm, why, why don't you bring some of that warming does, over here? Why does snow exist in the world? Why does it exist? <laughs> We're kidding. Climate change is real. Climate change is a very real threat. We are all going to die. Oh, yeah. I don't know why I had a child. She's made. I've basically brought her right. to a... I've brought her to a hellscape. Okay. You said that, not me. She will be... I was going to say she would. She will be at my grave cursing me for having brought her into this hellscape. Only, that's probably not true because my grave will be underwater by the time. Yeah. By the time she realizes that she should be mad at me, it'll be too late. I mean, I got mad at my parents when I was like 11 for having me, so... Oh, man. This got real dark. Way to bring it down. So we're going to take a quick break. <laughs> And when we come back, we're going to talk about some movies that we liked from 2017. Honorable mentions. 2017. And then we're going to talk about what we are looking forward to in 2018. Looking forward to. So we're going to take a quick break. And I don't even know what trailer we should play here. I don't know. Mm. Just, just or what, song, what, what, what song is like public domain we can play? I'll just put whatever. I don't give fuck a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck it. I'm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, get fucked. We'll be right back. Fuck your shit. 
So, I guess before this, before we get, I get, I get into my top ten. Yeah. yeah. My top ten of 2017. Just throw out some honor, honorable mentions. How about this? I'm about to fuck your shit all up. Okay. You didn't make a list, so go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, before you even get into your your of 2017, I do have to ask: What do you think was your number one first time watch of 2017? Dude, it. Really? Yes. I was. The whole point of that question is to include old movies. What do you mean old movies? First time watch is just any movie. Oh, you any movie seen before. Oh, uh, what was your what oh, was your fuck, number I, one? I don't even know. Because I see people do this, and you know, I keep a letter for people who don't know. You can follow me on Letterboxd. Liam rules. I thought R- it was Liam Face. Oh, is it? It's Liam Face. Liam Face. Fucking asshole doesn't even know his own goddamn Letterbox. I actually really don't. Liam oh. Face on first time on, watch. On Letterbox, and you could use Letterbox to do this to look at how you rated old movies and figure out what movies were. But I don't keep up with my Letterbox, so this is a hard thing. But I've seen other people do instead of doing uh, best of the year, they'll do like the top ten movies I watched for the first time. Because that way they can think, especially for people like us who watch. Because like my list of movies, I've watched five, literally six times as many old horror movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Than yeah. I did new horror. Movies. Jesus. Um. Honestly, yeah. Maybe it's alive. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Honestly, yeah. Um. So we did a lot of fun things for the show this year. Did we did we did because we did extra. Yes, we did. But I've, I mean, I've seen extra before, but that was just a cool. Uh, you know, I had never seen until we did it for February. I had never seen Lair of the White Worm. We didn't do that. Didn't we do that? No. February, uh, February, we did. Um, did I do that for Cinepunks? Did I do a Ken Russell for Cinepunks? You did. That's what it was for Cinepunks. Sorry, sorry, faithful hard business listeners. Um, in March, I watched Deathbed, the Bed That Eats. That was a pretty. <laughs> that was a pretty great first time for you, me. Per, per chance, have you ever heard the uh, Patton Oswalt bit about that? No, it's very good. Uh, in in May, I finally caught up with Prevenge. We did that. Yeah, we did that. Yeah, for this, Shutter right? exclusive. Yep. That was fucking. That was a great. Oh, uh, I got it, and it's for this show, Alligator. Yes, I had never seen Alligator. Never seen before. Alligator. That you was, hadn't, yeah, yeah. I had never seen it. Before. I think that was my number one, at least horror related first time watch. Uh, I'm just looking through right now. Oh, you know what? I, I should say this too. It wasn't for this, but I did. I had never watched it before. I finally saw The Entity in October. That's a fucked up movie. It's totally fucked up, but it it was also really that great. movie actually has. I want to do an episode on that. And the movie actually has my um, personal favorite bit of. We've talked about it because the same guy who did that did the music for um, Pigs. Yeah, totally. Okay, sorry to. Inter- I just thought that would be a fun way to oh, no, catch was... you off your guard. And you uh, did. And in case you're wondering, the reason I wanted to catch 
Justin off his guard is I, though I have my letterbox open, I didn't make an actual list. He's yep. like real on top of it. So. Okay, first, I'm not re- quote unquote real on top of it. He's real. I have a, I have a Word document He's with. He's on top of it. So here are some movies that got an honorable mention for me. I'm just going to pick one at random. Sure. And by one at random, I mean the first one. Okay. This did not make my top 10 list Alien Covenant. You know, I didn't. I saw that and I didn't put it on my letterbox. Uh, you liked it that much? I got an honorable mention. Didn't, sure, didn't, sure, sure, didn't sure, include sure. it in my top ten. I don't think I would even honorably mention it. Really? See, I I I didn't honorable mention Annabelle Creation. But I, uh, for me, the primary distinction of Alien Covenant is that it is to me significantly better than Prometheus, which is not saying much, right? And yeah. so that's my. I mean, I know a lot of people who feel the opposite; they prefer Prometheus. Uh. Mouth-breathing mutants. Do, 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 do. <laughs> People who were wrong. <laughs> uh, I just... I mean, you know, the thing I liked about it is I... My hatred of Prometheus is well-documented on the internet. If you go... If you if you jump in my time hop and look at my, 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 my <laughs> internet footprint from 2012, <laughs> Ridley Scott would be justifiably alarmed if he was aware of my existence in 2012. I was in a bad place personally, emotionally, life-wise in 2012, and fucking watching Prometheus did not help with that at all. Um, but I kind of like the story that Prometheus and Alien Covenant told. It doesn't make any sense in the larger Alien universe, but I like the story that it told. Um, but no, I thought uh, as a horror movie, I think it had a lot of horrific imagery. It made me feel a feeling of dread and revulsion, and that's all I can really ask for in a horror movie. Yeah, I don't know why. It just didn't get to me, uh, though I, I, like everyone, have to echo that Michael Fassbender... My man could be good in anything. He could, he could read the ingredients of a shitty 1960s cookbook, and I would like bawl my eyes out. Yeah, he was great, um, and there are aspects of the movie I really liked, but in the end, I, I'm not a huge fan. Yeah. Uh, Cure for Wellness. Uh, it's it's um, it's a strong contender for my list, which I am concocting in my head right now. Okay. Um. um and I know that would be annoying to some people because some people hated it and some people wouldn't even consider it a horror movie. But to me, it had such a neat, almost like hammer horror feel yes. to it. Yes. And I really appreciated that. And I think it's I think it's an underrated movie. It's not on my top ten. It's not on my top twenty for the year, which may be like, well then how's it on your horror list? But like, I don't know. There weren't that many great horror movies this year, guys. Sorry. So uh I don't think it'll be on my top ten, but it's it's a movie that I would also honorably mention. Yeah, uh, the girl with all the gifts. I saw it the year it came out, which is not this year. I thought that was released in two thousand. No, I don't think so. Okay, strike that from the list. Hang on a second. Just I'm I'm ninety percent sure it's a twenty sixteen movie, and then it was on my twenty sixteen end of year list. Well, it's stricken from the list. Okay. Uh, the Vault, which we kind of briefly talked about. Yeah, we we disagreed on it a little bit. We did. Uh, friend of the podcast and gentleman responsible for me being a tat daddy, John Bicknell, who tattoos at Steel City in Bethlehem. You can go check him out. Sure. Uh, he's a big, obviously a big horror person. And when I was getting too tad last week, he was like, yeah, so I watched this movie. Uh, it's The Vault. I'm like, yeah, yeah, really? He's like, I fell asleep. What happened at the end? And I was like, you just want me to tell you? He's like, yeah. And I, t- I told him the ending. He was like, that sucks. I'm glad I didn't watch it. It's like okay, but I kind of dug it. I was like, I, I, I like a good bank heist movie. Uh, 
you saw that. No, you hate you. You just hated the the the, uh, the poster. Oh, you know what? I'm not thinking of the vault. I was thinking of the void. My bad. You're such an asshole. That's on here too. That's actually my top ten. So get fucked. Uh, I mean, I'm not as bad as uh, uh, I say. Friend of the podcast. I don't know if he listens to the podcast, but Mike Bukowski. I don't know if you know him. Um, he made his top ten movies this year that I hated, and the void was on there. It was all Ted. Fuck him. Slot. I hope he listens to this podcast. <laughs> uh, but I didn't. I didn't love. No, nah, I'm not saying. Okay, the him. vault. Okay, we did talk about this because this is James Franco's. Yes. No, what I told you is that the other horror movie he made this year, The Institute, is like the worst fucking thing. It's an Eric Roberts movie. It's terrible and awful. But I haven't watched The Vault yet. It actually just came up on my list. You check it out. I mean, it's not great, but I mean, I liked it enough where I was like, well, I'll make you know, there's a few movies on here that I honestly, I debated that almost made it into the top 10. Right. But, and also I wanted to point out that the top 10 movies, there are movies that did come out in 2016 and 2015, but only got a wide release this year. I counted those. Like what? We'll get there. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> you still have more honorable mentions. I have a lot of honorable mentions. Uh, next one, Split. <sighs> I, I, okay. Uh, I, his performance is really great. His, what's his name? I don't fucking know. His name. Uh, he whose name should not be mentioned. Charles, because, Charles X. Charles X. Because he, because he, yeah, he's not a friend of the Cinepunks podcast. Because <laughs> my loyalty to Josh Alvarez is stronger than you, James fucking McAvoy. Welcome to the Savage Land, Charles. Yeah, it's a long story. We talked fucking about Sauron in your ass, motherfucker. Uh, it's a. We don't have to go over that story. It's not a comic book podcast. Um, I thought it was. I, I yeah, okay. You're right. I thought it was actually pretty good. I, I probably should give it. I enjoyed mention. it even before I saw the twist. Okay, sure. So do you mean like I know I I have a feeling that movie got so hyped up because of the big twist at the end. Yeah. But I can honestly say I was enjoying it even before it was like, hey, this is the. Well, blue. some people enjoyed everything but the twist. Yeah. I am 100 percent saying that I thought it was moderately good. Until the twist. Okay. And then the twist gave me a little bit of a boner. Fair enough. Because the reality is, and I'm um, I'm so fucking alone in this for a lot of people, I am in the unbreakable only camp when it comes to M. Night Shyamalan. Hey, man, I, I'll go to bat for M. Night Shyamalan for most of Signs. I hate Signs. I, I, look, most it's people, aliens. A, lot of, a lot of people are like either not on at all or on for a lot more than I am. I'm literally on the Unbreakable, and that is it. Um, Not even Sixth Sense. No. At the time, yes. When it came out, I was like convinced the Sixth Sense. I thought it was a good ghost story. Rewatching it now, it just feels corny to me. Okay. I'm just not as into it. Gotcha. As as I once was. Uh, Whereas I still think Unbreakable works. And I think a lot of people... Strongly disagree. Now, here's on the that. thing. Then this is a serious question. Do you think that's because of your you as a your? I mean, for those who don't know, Liam and I are also big into comic books. Liam far more than I am. There's literally a pile behind. There's a, I, I, a like, chaotic pile because I was trying to find one issue of Walking Dead for someone who saying is a pile. There, there are three, three long boxes and stacked on top of the long boxes. More comic books. There, to, to be fair, that is because I needed to find one issue of The Walking Dead. Like someone wanted to borrow wa- old Walking Deads, and I, I'm one issue off of a total run, and I don't know where that one issue is. So I ripped apart all my comics trying to find. I didn't rip apart the issue. It doesn't matter. Point being is that yeah, I do think Unbreakable appeals a little bit to me because of the comic nerd aspect. Like, I Look at those that's... comic books behind me. Oh my god! Look at these fucking comic books. Why are you filming things? We're making a podcast. <laughs> Uh, the but but uh, 
but I do think that it's not just that. Like I, I just think it's a. Anyways, we're off on a tangent. Queen it's fine. Like, I thought Split was pretty good, and the only reason it, I don't love the ending because I think it needs to be there for the movie to make sense. Okay, I like the ending because I think it's a funny thing for him to do as a wet. The ending basically works as him going. Oh, remember how people still want an Unbreakable sequel? Well, guess what, motherfucker? Literally, they should have shown that and played the fight riff. What's the fight riff? Oh, what is the fucking fight riff? I thought if anyone would know the fight riff, it would be you. For me, the fight riff is fucking leeway. The da, 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 I believe the fight riff is actually, according to Philadelphia lore, the fight okay. riff is more the Pantera. Do, 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 you mean walk? Yeah, there are better so. Pantera songs than that. First of all, the fight far, riff is clearly the breakdown in strength beyond as, strength. As far as I'm concerned, there is no good Pantera song. I'll, I'll accept that. But I think I'm going to now change the fight riff to the leeway. the The leeway intro is, is the actually hardest the thing fattest, of all time. Sorry, I know this is a horror podcast, but the leeway intro riff is one of the actually the fight song is Seekers of the Truth, the beginning. Yeah, that's my walkout song if I'm ever an MMA fighter. Really? Yes. Mine would probably actually be, um, we gotta know. Dave Hader's his personal Jesus. <laughs> I remember talking about this yes. with, with him upstairs at the Kyber. Uh, this is the craziest tangent we've ever gone off on, and I love it. Okay. So, Split. What's next? Devil's Candy. So that's a movie I started and I still haven't finished. And it's not a judgment on the movie. I just, um, you know, you get busy with other things and I, I didn't get back to it. But I, I, it has apparently a very mixed response from people. Yeah, I was really liked it. I was kind of hesitant. That almost made the top ten, I'll be honest. I was really hesitant to watch that movie because, A, um, I I love Ethan Embry. but He's great. I, I love Ethan Embry and Can't Hardly Wait and Empire Records. Oh, you're not a fan of his more recent work? See, I haven't seen much of his recent work. So that's why going into The Devil's Candy, I was kind of hesitant. Plus, it was like, it's a horror movie about heavy metal. Dun, 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 dun. That's Master of Puppets. And I was like, uh, this seems a little too gimmicky. But then I, I watched I, it, and I'm I was gonna, like... I'm going to officially endorse Cheap Thrills, by the way. Excellent, excellent. Founder Girls are doing their newest episode on Cheap Thrills. Um, I really liked it, though. I mean, it, it, it definitely, it's not nearly as gimmicky as I thought it was going to be. It's just a good old-fashioned spooky movie about the devil and his candy, which I think is slang for children. I don't know. But it was good. Um, a lot of very weird haunting imagery, especially the end. Sure. Um, and Ethan Embry, he's fucking, he, he destroys it in that movie. He's, he's, he's very good. Um, and maybe it's just because he was so personable when I met him that it kind of like wormed its way. It's this lingering malaise over me. That's, he wormed his way in. If you he know fucking what I'm he he Ooh, had me in the palm of his hand. He was he's a charmer. Yeah. He's a charmer. Ethan Embry Ooh. is various sexual innuendos. Hey man, you fucking you step up to the plate. You strike out. Keep on swinging. And that's a metaphor that doesn't make any sense, <laughs> but we're gonna keep going with that. He, he is a handsome gentleman. He is yes, and he's very. Well, very talented and very friendly as well. Uh, after this was, we talked about something last week, The Lore. Oh, so this didn't even make the list. Didn't make top ten, no. Man, I will seriously pee on your computer. That's fine. <laughs> My computer has seen worse. <laughs> um, uh, I just liked it. I mean, we talked about it last week, so it's not like there's it's this mystical, you know, it's still fresh. Um, I think it, it did a lot 
you know, had some really genuinely horrific imagery. Very dark. Um, what more can you ask in a horror, in a horror movie? Plus awesome music and dance sequences. Yes, yes. Uh, Better Watch Out was after that. We literally just did an episode on that less than a week ago. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, don't yeah. need to talk about it. Skip it. Um, Sam was here, which I we also talked about last week. Did we talk about that last week? Uh, you just mentioned that you had seen it. And it was yeah, pretty good. We it was good. Yeah, I mean, it is. It. I mean, I've I've been reading. I like to follow up on stuff like that, and I read a lot of reviews for it. And a lot a lot of people were like, you know, I think IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes, whatever. It only has like a forty five percent because quote it doesn't have an ending, and it's like, no, it has an ending. It just sucks. I mean, not sucks as in it's like shoddily put together. It's like it sucks in the same way that like. The end of Night of the Living Dead sucks. It, there's no real happy ending. It's a very grim and dour. I was going to say, the end of Night of the Living Dead is uh, top ten greatest endings of I, all time. Top five for me, maybe. Might be top five for yeah. me, too. Um, and then uh, it's Stains of Sands Red got an honorable mention. And then Mayhem. Yeah, you know, we just uh, I just was having this conversation because uh, we just posted a review of Mayhem by a um, friend of the podcast, person I hate, Justin Harlan. And uh, he knows where I work. I can't. I can't badmouth him. So I like no, him no, too. No, no, no. We I, let me be clear. Whenever me and Justin pick on each other on the internet, it's not real. I mean, it's real to the extent that I think he has bad taste, and I think he half-asses everything. But uh, I've also heard that everything he owns is two-toned, and he's constantly wearing a pork pie hat. He's so sky. It's so fun. <laughs> no, let's not get into it. I will go the fuck off. But he did this uh, pretty good review um, of Mayhem. And it just got me thinking about it again because I don't, I don't see the appeal of Mayhem, but I didn't dislike it. Like it was fun, and I love him. Uh, what's the actor's name again? Glenn. Glenn. Don't say Glenn. <laughs> the actor who's trying to make a life for himself Steve, Stephen after Yen. Glenn. Stephen Yen. I'm glad he's got a thing. Yeah, he's good. Good for him, and he's great in it. But um, I think I just don't love this director. I didn't like Everly. I actually fucking hated Everly. Everly. Um, the other movie that Joel Lynch did. did oh, 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 Everly, oh, gotcha, gotcha. He did, what's the other thing he did? He did um, fuck, I forget the other. People are going to get mad. I forget the other movie he did. The director's done other things. Yeah, yeah, of course. God damn I'm it. saying he's, this is his, he's not like... He's done it so people know who he is, man. He's not okay. like an unknown entity. Yeah, he's David Lynch's little brother. Don't look that up and try to verify <laughs> that. I'm going to say that now. Anyways, my point being simply that I didn't love... I didn't love Mayhem, and I, I don't want to shit on it though. Like I enjoyed it, yeah. But I just a lot of people I know like really liked it, and I was kind of like, oh, "That's fine." Uh, so here are some movies that I was thinking about putting on an honorable mention, but, but I'm, I was like, "I should." Are you just mentioning every horror movie? You no, saw no, no. Because I, I, you'll notice that I didn't put Annabelle Creation on there. Sure, I didn't put the Babysitter on there. It's just a lot of movies, though. Yeah. Okay. I watch a lot of movies. Right. I'm a busy guy. All horror movies, though. I'm tremendously busy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start to be like, you need to work in one not horror movie a week. Contrary to popular belief, I do watch movies that aren't horror movies. When? My, my normie movies. You want me to when you read my top ten of normal movies that I watched? I mean, if you want to, just yeah. go through them real quick. Sure. Yeah, The Shape of Water, number one. That movie was my number one movie of all of, of the entire year of any genre. Hmm. Okay. Spider-Man Homecoming. Jesus. The Disaster Artist. Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Yeah. Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. A Ghost Story. The Last Jedi. Wonder Woman. Logan. And Mother. Mother's kind of a horror movie. Vaguely. I would consider Mother a horror movie, but... I mean, then again, 
Maybe not. I don't know. That's it's a it's a it's definitely a, a genre bending sort of film. I think. Yeah, that's what we're gonna call it. Uh, so do you have any? Do you want to just get into our top ten now? That um, was that was that. I, I just I just I just bore witness to the raw love father has <laughs> for his daughter. Something I myself have never witnessed. So were you were you asking me about um, honorable mention movies? What were just some things? I mean, did did you have a did you have a did you have any movies that you saw? You were like, eh, it was okay. That didn't necessarily make your top ten. Yeah, I mean, we talked about a few of them. Oh my gosh! No, it's okay. Don't even worry about it. Um, we talked about a few of them a little bit when you were talking about your list. Uh, that there were things in there that I didn't hate that I saw that I was kind of like whatever about. I think the only thing that um, might be worth mentioning. Also, a lot of the horror I watched. I'm realizing now, looking at my list, was actually released in 2016. Okay, like so, uh, uh, Trash Fire. I was going to mention, but that's actually a 2016 movie. Yes, uh, actually, uh, according to Letterbox, Split is a 2016 movie. You know what, Letterbox, get fucked. With yeah, Letterboxd. go fuck a donkey. Um, uh, Pre Avengers 2016. I guess one I would mention is The Void. Um, is not a top ten movie for me. <laughs> I didn't hate it or anything like that. Um, but it's not one that I was in love with. Uh, XX, a movie I think you didn't like at all. I actually would like the first segment, but I I thought overall it was pretty good. There's only a couple. There's only one that I really disliked, and the rest I thought were fun. Okay. Um, there's one other thing I wanted to mention. I'm just looking for it really quick. Oh, uh, I talked a little bit about how at um. The Brooklyn Horror Film Fest, I saw uh, Game of Death. Yes. Not a movie I loved, uh, but it's still worth mentioning uh, it, as a newer movie that came out. Also, I want to point out that Child Eater, Child Eater can get fucked. That's a movie that came out this year. It was garbage. Um, and I think I mentioned it before, but just to mention it again, that movie... Oh, no, that's an older movie. Oh, I guess uh, the only other one I would mention is Creep 2. I Is that on the flicks? Yeah, it's on Netflix. Okay, maybe I'll watch that tonight after I watch it it's for on. the third time it's on. tonight. It's on Netflix. The Netflix, as the kids say. Yeah. So I guess we'll take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to jump into our favorite horror movies of 2017 slash 2015, 2016, but they didn't get wide releases even though I saw them in 2015. We'll be right back.
pump everyone up. Do 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 do. I mean, like the actual song, not you doing that. Do 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 Jesus Christ. We're going to jump in and talk about what we, the movies we really liked in 2017. Jesus Christ. I'm going to go first. My number 10 movie of 2017 is the Slenderman trailer. I was so excited about this trailer. I saw it before I it even came out. I hate you so goddamn much. That's not true. Uh, no, we'll go first. I'll work my way from the bottom of my list up, even though this is in real no particular order except for maybe the top three. The other ones are just kind of there. Um, this movie was actually the first movie that Liam and I ever watched together. The Black Coat's Daughter, except when Liam and I watched it, it was called February. Oh, yeah, because that got wide release. Man, I, I don't think I'll put it on my list, but just so y'all know, it's only because I saw it literally two years ago. Yeah. And I'm not putting it on my list for this year. But it was really, it's really good. It's a really it's good movie. It's amazing. It's so fucking good. It's not on a lot of people's lists. I don't think it got the love. I think, no. I think that's one of those movies that was in, like, de- that, not development, um, distribution hell. Yes. Like it played fast, and then it got lost in the sauce. Like Hellraiser Judgment. Okay, let's just keep going. Okay, no, but check out the Black Hood's daughter. Um, it's just good. That's that's the only way we can really describe it. Number nine, a little movie called Thelma, which I was hyping up. So this is a movie I really want to see. Thelma was so good. How? Thelma was like. I don't have access to it. I haven't found it to watch it. Find it on the internet. Just look around. Oh. You know, look under the rocks. Set, put, your, put your tentacles out there. You'll find it. You're literally the worst. It's like you know. It's like uh, Kevin. 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 It was on. A, it was on a lot of people's. It was on a lot of people's end of year list. It's a great movie. I really want to see it. Um, I mean, it, it's a. It's it's it gets a little. I don't. Maybe it's it. Maybe it's just that it involves a quasi. No, that's not true. I was going to say quasi-lesbian romance, but that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it involves a sexual awakening of a young woman for another woman, and it's under surreal and nightmarish circumstances. Kind of reminds me of like Mulholland Drive. Sure, but yeah. it might just be because it's that. Um, but it gets there is one scene that is, um, one of the darkest things I've ever seen in a movie that doesn't rely Whoa. on like super gory, like yeah, super like. You know, violent imagery, just yeah. like very like when it happened, and it was like when I realized what was going to happen, and I realized what was going on, I was like, "Holy shit!" Uh, but I would definitely recommend that. Um, after that, number eight would be uh, Life with Ryan Reynolds and Jake Gyllenhaal. <sighs> didn't didn't see it, and I don't know that I want to. You should check it out. Oh man! All right, my 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 friend and coworker L, who does not like horror movies at all, saw it with me, and he he enjoyed it. So. It's not a Venom prequel, so don't get your hopes up. Nor is it a Cloverfield prequel, which is the new the new rumor going around. Jesus Christ! Have you seen side note real quick? Have you heard about the new uh, the next entry in the Cloverfield verse? I I just heard they announced there would be one. Yeah, the God Particle. It comes out. It comes out the same weekend as the movie we're going to go see together in theaters on opening night. Rampage, starring Dwayne the Rock Johnson, <sighs> uh, White Javier, <laughs> Bardeen, and uh, wait. White Javier Bardem? Yeah, Jeffrey Dean, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Oh, He's like a white Javier Bardem. 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 I believe it's Bardem. Yeah, but Javier Botet's the nightmarish guy from every movie ever. <laughs> Who's still awesome. Um, 
we're going to go see Rampage together. And no. then we're going to go see then we're going to go see the the Cloverfield movie. No. You should see Life, okay? It's not an alien ripoff. It was fun. I liked it. It was good. Fuck you. I'm considering it. Okay. I'll consider it. Number seven, Raw. As in, ooh, baby, I like it. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, that's definitely on my... Well, I, I guess I should... Should I be going back and forth with my list, too? I mean, I was waiting for it, but... Jesus Christ. You do a couple now. We're 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 a little disorganized. I, hey, you I know apologize. what? It's the it's the I chaos. Uh, mine are also not in any any particular order, but I think uh, I think number. God damn it! Don't play things. I was going through. My, I was but just trying don't, to. I was but just don't do it though. Okay, I was trying to go through my Instagram stories while you were doing whatever you're doing over there. I'm looking at my list. I'm not. I'm not on the internet trying to make friends. I'm not trying to make friends. I'm not I'm trying to have friendships while we're recording the podcast. To... <laughs> uh, okay. So I think my number 10 is, um, so I, I, we might get some pushback on this because uh, I, I can't tell if it's, I think it's a 2017 release. I saw it in 2017. And that is uh, The Transfiguration. Yes. Okay. I really liked that a lot um i love slow i mean it really just feels like an urban martin it fe- this is what it feels like to me and so i like that i appreciated that um aspect of it i couldn't i couldn't make it to that movie it was just it was too dour for me um mm. it just i mean it made it, it was definitely well made mm-hmm. and it was very uh, i i liked watching it it wasn't like a movie that was like a chore to sit through it was just like I don't know. It just it made me feel very sad in a way that I wasn't comfortable with, and I have a feeling I would have to go into it in like a great mood to really enjoy that movie. Just because just the way it made me feel, I was like, I'm not gonna. This is gonna like keep me up tonight. I'm just gonna be thinking about it. Like I can't do it. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of. I I mean I think this is something that we sort of talked about before, but like I really like that when a movie is that level of like dark. Kind yeah, of, kind of depressing. I think it's a sign of a good movie, but I have to be in a certain. I'm not strong. I'm very fragile. Contrary to my contrary to the, contrary to the pop to, to the way I look, I'm not a rock. <laughs> I'm like balsa wood. Um, I like that you see yourself that way. Um, I think that's interesting. Um, okay, so that's my, my number ten. I think my number nine would be it comes at night. Okay. Uh, I think there's probably some controversy with people of like, does that even count as a horror movie? Blah blah blah. Um, but I, I just that don't. I say this. How the fuck does that not count as a horror movie? Yeah, I don't know. I I try to take. I'm just in the in the headspace where I'm trying to take people seriously when they have those sorts of. Concerns. I can't because every time I hear someone critique that movie, I automatically think like you're just mad that there's nothing that came at night. Uh, yeah, exactly. Because it honestly reminds me of like. And not to jump in on yours, and this that it comes tonight was my number three, so we'll just get that out of the way right now, so we don't have to talk yeah. about it twice. Yeah, um, it reminded me of like what the headspace of a family in like Richard Matheson's I Am Legend would be like. Yeah. They're bordered up; they can't go outside. They're fucking paranoid, and I just think this movie accomplished showing that without actually having to have some sort of external protagonist sure. or antagonist. Yeah, I think. Um... I think it's also, and I, I need to write about this. I think it's also a movie about the horror of parenthood. Okay. A, a parent, let me just say this now, and the parents who are listening can either agree or disagree, but 
I don't care because I'm right. Uh, a parent, a parent is actually a kind of monster. Yeah. In that, um, a parent, in order to be a good parent, at some level, needs to put the needs of their child or children above the needs of other humans. Yeah. And we act like in this country that that is a moral superior thing to do that that actually makes you a good person but at essence part of being a human is being able to interact with and build community with other humans and parents are handicapped at that actually they're actually really bad at that because at some level they want the best thing for their child and though we all like to pretend that that will never cost someone else's child the best thing. It absolutely will. It, it will. And it comes at night just simply creates that scenario where we see how crazy parents can be, how absolutely insane they can be. And, um, and I think that matters because I think that what parents want is not actually to stop caring for their children. The only way to be an ethical parent is then to work for a world where you don't have to make that choice. Like you want a world where you don't, because when it comes down to it, when you're literally in a situation where it's either their child or my child, um, there are plenty of parents who will tell you, well, I, you know, I couldn't, I wouldn't be that. But I think at essence, most parents would go, well, my child then. And I think it's the child you're more familiar with. <laughs> like if it was like your child and the child of someone I didn't know. Sure. I would fucking, I mean, be honest. If someone was like, "We're gonna kill either you or Maeve," I would probably be like, "Take me. I got no one needs me around." But but you, but you see what I'm saying? That like yeah. That like um, it's I I don't believe any good parent will probably not choose their child. So therefore, they're monsters. But on the other hand, we could create a scenario where they didn't have to be. Is sort of what I'm saying. But what it, it comes at night is it sort of shows is like um the uh, the extent to which you will be inhuman because you think you're doing the right thing and ultimately where it leaves you yeah with yeah. nothing and th and yeah. that's the, and that's the thing is that like every time I, part of my feeling on this is like when you hear people say this all the time like well you know what how it is man family first and like yeah you're right totally but we've created a world in which when you actually put your family first, it's actually a problem. Like it can yeah. actually cause problems and does cause problems. Like there are 100% dead people who have been killed because someone was family first. Like I just got to, that's not like, you know, that's a real thing. And I think it comes at night as like the test case of that for me. Yeah. So, uh, so that's okay. So it's 10, nine, I'm doing this off my dome piece, y'all, so respect. Respect. Eight. He doesn't have to write his, write his lyrics down anymore. He just kicks it off to the top of his head. Off no my dis no disrespect. That's just how he does it. Dizome. It's a little rat attack coming at you right there, but. Uh, number eight, it. We did our episode. It's well documented that I was not as in love with it as everyone else. It's still in my top 10 horror movies of the still year. Still scream like a girl at the projector scene. Yo, I'm not disrespecting the movie. Uh, it's going on my list. But, uh, it wasn't my favorite. It wasn't my favorite of the year. Um, but uh, it's certainly, I will actually say, far better than any of us deserved. So I don't know what that means, but... <laughs> because it's a fucking it movie now? Like, how did this even happen? It's Andy crazy. Machete, man. He's a fucking Argentinian genius. He just it... came out of the out of the wilderness of Argentina and waved his magic wand, and it fucking... You just said Argentina. Yeah. <laughs> I know what I said. Jesus said. Christ. Well, it, it's wrong then. Uh, what do you want? You're on seven? I'm on seven. We uh, just did Raw. 
Right, right. I think my seven then would be. Sorry, I'm just trying to get caught up in my brain. I think my seven then. Um, you go ahead, actually. Cause I need Number to six, more. The Void. Greatest movie ever. Right behind Insidious for The Last Key, <laughs> which John Wren, fellow Vagan Edgeman, reviewed in the new episode of The Mandate, and he absolutely loved that movie. <laughs> he loved that movie so much. You should go listen to that and see how much John Wren loved Insidious 4. I love The Void. I love The Void. I remember when it was a Kickstarter campaign. I watched it grow like a father watching a child who isn't his from a distance, which makes it sound very creepy. But I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. Um, I liked the special effects. Wasn't crazy on the story or the lack of character development. But I do think the movie had enough weird fucking imagery that it, 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 was, it was like, what more could I ask for? In like a creepy, goopy, ooky, icky, you know, Stuart Gordon... David Cronenberg, John Carpenter, Jerkoff Fest. I think it accomplished what it set out to do. I appreciate that. Yeah, there could have been a little more, a little bit more tentacles. There wasn't nearly enough tentacles for me. There's definitely a lot of things I liked about it. Yeah. Um. I mean, it was by no means a perfect movie. I think the characterization for most, for every single character, was fucking dog shit. Um. Sure. But uh, I, I mean, it, it did. It's it, it succeeded enough for me to be like, no, that was cool. I mean, I think um, that might be a testament to your lowered standards. Or okay, go ahead. I'm a simple man. What can I say? I mean, I can't judge. Hey, man, I I just I got I got simple shoes on my feet and a simple hat on my head. What do you got? So much simple. <laughs> I'm very simple. Uh, number five. Liam is going to climb down from his ivory tower and beat me with a fucking ruby studded stick when I say come this. Come on, come on. Forty seven meters down. Oh, this is that fucking shark movie? Yes. Yeah, no thank you. Did you see it? No, I don't want to see it. Look at that. Liam is judging something without having seen it. Liam is... Liam is so... Liam is pre-judging something, which makes Liam prejudiced. I'm so 100% okay with this. I'm telling you, it's okay. It had some... uh, uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to explain why I, Justin Lore, put this movie on my top 10 list of 2017. A, sharks. Sharks are fucking scary. Sharks would kill me in a heartbeat if they could. Sharks aren't scary. Sharks, if they could climb out of the ocean, which they might be able to, would fucking eat me and everyone I love alive. The only thing less scary than sharks is aliens. Liam's insane. (laughs) Uh, There was a scene in this movie, now I'm going to take it back down the serious level. There was a scene in this movie where, uh, I believe it was Mandy Moore, she's swimming into the ocean the darkness from her sister and she swims over this like cavern it's like a cavern like a chasm of like there's just dark water down there and it's like I, it, it it's probably only like five or six hundred feet wide but it's like a million miles wide like she's just out over this she's got to go to this thing on the other side and she's swimming over this fucking dark water and any second i'm like one of those fucking sharks is gonna swim up and like rip her apart and it's i don't know like i know it was like a fucking popcorn horror movie but there was there were some scenes in it where i was like that was really well done and made me feel genuinely uncomfortable. And they didn't even show the sharks during that part. You don't actually, you know, have to apologize to me for liking things. I don't have to apologize for shit. I do it as a common courtesy to my fucking fellow man because I believe in a social contract. <laughs> sure, I appreciate that. What's your number five? 
No, I'm still way down. Oh my god. Numbers. Anyway, my number four was Gerald's game. Can I? Can, yo, 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 yo. So I think, um, I think my number seven. Um, sorry, I'm stalling you. I just want to make sure, as I said, that I'm on top of my stuff. So I believe my number seven is a little movie called The Lodgers. Okay. Uh, it is. I wasn't sure if I should include it because it's not on like a uh wide release yet uh but i it you know i saw it it's a horror movie i like it i think you can see it's it. horrific i think you can see it so yeah. i think i'm okay with that um i really liked it it's a ghost story kind of hammery in a way okay uh but its own sort of modern thing uh i think i talked about it a little bit on here i saw it at the uh um <clears throat> apocalypse fest uh and then my number six would be um Something I saw at Brooklyn Horror Film Fest called Hagasusa. Mm. Um, again, which we discussed on the show. Yes. And I would say that just don't see it if you have a baby. That's that's the best I can do with that. Uh, and then my number five uh, is a little movie called Super Dark Times. Mm. Um, I, I, I'm hesitant. I was he- part of the reason I've been stalling a little bit is I didn't know if I should include this. It's on a bunch of people's horror lists. A lot of people have considered it a horror movie. I wasn't sure if I should consider it a horror movie or not. It's definitely not a traditional horror movie in a lot of ways. But we here at Horror Business, we don't believe in tradition. Yeah, it horrified me. So that's good enough. Yeah. Fuck your binary horror movie customs. Yeah, eat shit. <laughs> uh, so are you at number five too? I am at number four because number five was forty-seven meters down. My no- great movie, tremendous movie. My number four is Gerald's Game. Oh, look at that! We finally agree on something. My number four is Gerald's Game too. You go first, and you say what you like about it. Then I'll go first, and I'll, I'll disagree with you on purpose to piss you off. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just think it took what is I think a difficult story to make a movie out of, and it made something like personal and affecting super fucking gross yes at a certain moment um and i don't know i just thought it was well done i i I think some people didn't like the ending the ending definitely takes a more upbeat turn than the story would you Um, call that ending upbeat compared to the story how the how does how does the story end uh i think when he reveals that when it's revealed that he's real and that he has he he says the thing to her i think she like has a breakdown. I I don't remember actually. I need to read the book again to see, but it's definitely different than the than the movie. It feels like the movie because in the movie she stands up to him at the end in the courtroom, right? She like yeah, says, and she's I'm not afraid of you or whatever. Yeah, no, says, she's like, definitely afraid of him. The book ends basically with him. He wins. And, by him we mean like the the space cowboy. Yeah. Okay. Basically, she's just like oh, all the personal growth I thought I had is out the window. Out the window. Yeah. Because this guy's real and. You know, he made my life a hell. So, I, I mean, I need to reread the book. So, if you've read it recently, you know. But I just know that they're different. The endings are different, and that some people hated this ending. What are you doing right now? Are you looking at Instagram? No. Again? You're looking at Instagram. Right no. Now. You're literally looking at Instagram. Uh, no, I'm documenting our, our our experience here. I hate you so much. Um, what I liked about this movie, uh. First off, Mike Flanagan, um, another director, I think is like, yeah, I think he's 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 bound to do good things. I am not crazy. I was not crazy about the Ouija Origin of Evil movie he made. In fact, I really didn't like it at all. I sure, was, I downright fucking hated that movie. Sure, um, but I will, 
I will sing to the heavens praises for Absentia. I think his movie Absentia might be one of my top 20 horror movies of all time. Um, I think the movie is amazing. I think it's everything a horror movie should be. Wow, I've never seen it. It's so fucking good. Um, But no, Gerald's Game, uh, just a little history, was one of those books by Stephen King that was considered unfilmable because the premise is like it's it's a very it's a very difficult movie to make interesting and i think what he did with the by using different aspects of her psyche as actual characters i thought that was a really neat way to populate a movie and to kind of put the plot forward in a way that didn't involve or in in a way that like was reasonable and kept the viewer's attention because otherwise like what would that movie have been without that it would have just been her for fucking 90 minutes laying in a bed talking to herself wouldn't have made any sense. Um, but I think by making Gerald, you know, by, by having her imagine he was still alive and then having her version of herself, um, I thought that was a very simple, but very effective way of just propelling the plot along and telling the story. Um, and I forget the actress's name. She's been in a bunch of shit. Uh, Carla. It's googly. It's a, Guglino. Oh, you don't know her name. I do. I don't know how to. I can't. I, I don't know how to pronounce it. Guglielmo. That was you. That Guglielmo. Was, that, was, that was Liam. That wasn't Guaglaun. Yeah. <laughs> Call a manicotti. <laughs> no, but she's good. At, she's she's good in all the stuff she's in. She was great manicotti. in The Watchmen. She was great in Sin City. She's great in this. Um, Carla Pancetta. Yeah, Carla Pancetta. <laughs> Uh, Gotta be the barone. Now you're just you're just making <laughs> vaguely European noises. <laughs> Call a fascismo. That's not a real word. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm sorry. That's okay. No, I mean there, there was a lot of scenes like it, 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 like particularly like there was there were those weird creepy like just the lingering shots of like her point of view where she can just see her dead husband's hand. Yep. And then I, I kept thinking like, they're going to show there's going to be like a scene where he is like reanimated or she's going to hallucinate or something like that. And then the scenes with the, the space cowboy, um, where he's just like standing in the dark. It's really fucking creepy. And then on top of that, the flashbacks where Henry Thomas fucking Elliot from ET and the fucking dickhead from fire in the sky plays her father. And just the scenes where he's like, molesting her mm-hmm. it made me really uncomfortable yeah and I, I mean like there i've seen movies i've watched movies where there's been like sexual assault before i've watched Stephen king movies where there's been sexual assault before and i'm always like there's always that like that internal clenching that turning away like i don't need to watch this this i, I fast forwarded to those parts just because like they were so fuck because the way her father, quote unquote, and I'm, I'm not even, I'm, I'm not even say quote unquote because it there was not it wasn't a quote unquote molest it was an actual molestation that she went through, like what he does to her is like so, not that like regular molestation is like yeah take it or leave it's not that creepy but like what he what happens in the movie is so literally unspeakable like I can't even I, I'm not being like spoiler I'm not gonna talk like I don't even feel comfortable talks like saying what happens. Um, and then, like, the way, like, her stepmother reacts to it, or her mother, is that her mother or stepmother? I think that's her mom. E- even worse, it's her actual mom is, like, um, the way she reacts to it is very, like, fuck, like, that, no wonder this girl is, like, you know what I mean? You know, no wonder this woman is, has, you know, she she's developed the various problems that she has. Um, 
but no, I mean, it was, it was, it was so well done that I've read this book. I, I read this book when I was probably too young to read it. Like I think it was in like junior high. And when you're it's leading up to the actual event of the molestation, it was like, it, it was almost had that, that like nightmare logic where you, you were like, you're seeing something, but you can't turn away. And then I was like, I'm fucking a fast, I'm a, I'm a, I can't watch this. I'm going to fast forward through it. Uh, and then obviously how she gets out with the degloving was like, <sighs> that was rough to watch. That was like, so gross. that was like, Oh my God. I knew it. I knew exactly oh, what was going to happen. Yeah. And it still messed me up. Yeah. Like just like you're watching it and just, he just like Mike Flanagan does such a great job of like, by the time you see the actual degloving, you are so fucking beaten down from everything else you've seen in this movie. Like just the cringing and then like, Oh, but great movie. Um, my number three was It Comes a Night. We've already talked about it, so what was your number three? Get Out. That was my number two. All right. I love this movie so much. It's really good. It's so good. Uh, I liked when Liam did, he hosted the screening of Get Out at Lafayette College, and we, everyone got to talk about it. Um, I mean, this movie is kind of like a double-edged sword in the sense that, like, I do like the fact that it's it's kind of brought attention to the, the to the social awareness that is in horror movies. I, I like that that's brought that to the forefront. On the flip side of that is, I hate that it's brought to the forefront because suddenly people are acting like it's this new thing. I I don't think we. I was talking about this the other day with somebody, so it's on my mind. I don't think I should be concerned with other people's ignorance as much as I am, in in the sense of like. We know that that's not the case. I mean, first of all, all you got to do is pay attention to the interviews that he does about the movie. Yeah, yeah. Because he references movies that influence Yeah. Them. So you can't be like, oh, Get Out is so different. Well, it can't be so different or else he wouldn't have referenced those. You know what I mean? Like he wouldn't say, yeah. these are the movies that influenced me if Get Out was completely original. Yeah. Uh, and I don't mean that to disrespect Get Out at all, but the the idea that like my man has reinvented the horror genre is offensive not just to us but to him no no part of him was like you know what sucks and needs me jordan peel to reinvent horror yeah. it blows i'm gonna come in i'm gonna do something totally different i'm gonna tell people something that no one knows white people are terrible yeah. people of color i mean i like... will i will say that his what is unique to it and i do think we should respect that aspect of it is i don't know that any horror movie has so effectively addressed race there are definitely horror movies that have addressed race there are definitely horror movies that address social issues in general yes none have done it as effectively as you know we're, we're actually going to do an episode at some time it's probably if i have to, I have to check my calendar like the next actual episode we do is going to be on Candyman and people under the stairs two two, oh. two movies that really kind of shove our faces in yeah Social injustice. Yeah. But they're two movies that were directed by white people. Right. And they're sympathetic views, but I think Get Out was one of the first movies that really took this hard line stance against in institutionalized racism and was like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, we're not going to look away. Um, I mean, he kind of did the compromise with, with the, the, the theatrical ending where Chris gets away yeah, I don't know. I don't. But I, 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 it didn't. That didn't ruin the movie for yeah, me. Yeah, I think it's at, at that point I was so just like, uh, oh, good, he got away. Like a happy ending for once in a situation like this. Um, but I mean, it's even it's even at the point where I, I forget the actress's name who plays his girlfriend. How on the, like the talk show circuit there were people saying like, oh, so 
what was her 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 character's name like? I don't remember. We'll say Samantha. It definitely wasn't. That. It wasn't, but whatever. So when people were saying like, oh, so like was Samantha under like her family's like spell? Was she under like was she brainwashed? And the actress was like, no, she was just a shitty person. Like, there's no, they don't need brain, like, she was just a, t- the whole family was fucking terrible. And, I mean, I had brought up at the thing we did, the, the, the screen you did, how it was like, it also showed how her family was willing to use her as a means to an end. It was sort of just like, we're going to, you know, aside from obje- objectifying the black body, we're also going to objectify the bodies of women. But that doesn't let her off the hook. Like, she was still, like, a terrible human being who didn't give she's, up. She's bait, but she is very clearly in the film willing bait. So, like, they are willing to use her in that way, but it seems clear to me, at least, she's adjusted to that she's role. She's 100% She's really okay comfortable with, with it. Yeah, yeah like, yeah, and, yeah. I mean, much was made about, by myself included, about how, like, I could not stand her fucking brother in that movie. And I'll go and say her brother, the, the actor, was the one thing that kept the movie from being perfect for me. I couldn't fucking stand that kid. I disagree so much, but that's fine. But yeah, I mean, like I, I don't know. But it's just no movie, movie horror movies have definitely addressed race before. Horror movies have definitely addressed some taboo subject that people aren't willing to confront sure. in other movies. Sure, and they've done it in a way that makes it palatable for sure. quote unquote the masses to look at and examine themselves and really think about what's going on. But no movie has done it so fucking bluntly. Yeah, and when we've needed it, then Get Out has. I think so, and I think it's it's also just an effective, fun movie. I, and 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 again, it's really easy for real hardcore horror people to just focus on the the response to the movie, which is to overblow the movie's importance. But that doesn't make it not a good movie. No, not it's at all. Really great. It's really fun. It's a style of horror that doesn't happen as much anymore. And I, by that, I don't mean the socially conscious thing. But like right now, we're in a time where that kind of thriller is less popular. Yeah. Like when horror, new horror stuff tends to be still the fucking slasher. We can't let it go. No. And then like various supernatural drones. Yeah. Which are, some are great. Like it's not it's like fine. a slam. Insidious, The Last Key. It's a great movie. Just ask, just ask John Wren. Uh, <laughs> but this movie. I can't believe you're still hammering this, this thing for poor John. John hated this movie, everybody. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, sorry. This, I, this movie was definitely, and again, this is not an original thought. This movie was a callback to the great thrillers of like the 60s and the 70s. Like this movie was like Rosemary's Baby and Psycho and the Stepford Wives. Like, but it was done in a way that was like, it felt, it felt like new. Like, ooh, like you're, when you're like 34 years old and you meet a girl for the first time and you go to bed with her and it feels all new, even though you're like, you feel like a virgin, like touched for the first time. Like this movie took something that was like, you're such a crazy person. I've been told it took a style of horror and I don't mean like socially I mean like thematically in the way it was shot and it, 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 it repackaged it in a way that was like holy fuck they could still pull this off like I couldn't tell you the last time I watched like a straight up thriller that had no real supernatural elements that like shook me as bad as this movie did I, think that's I mean fair. maybe it was also because I was watching and I was thinking like this shit even worse than this is happening as I'm watching this movie somewhere in America. Yeah, that's. Funny. I mean, there's also that. Like, I felt fucking yeah. sick to my stomach watching it. But um, no, I mean, it was just like Jordan Peele. Like, he just came in and fucking nailed it. Like, I think, I think, he, I think this movie will also get. I mean, it's hard to say this, but I think this movie will get more respect in the horror community. Like, I think broader culturally, people love this movie. Yes. It's really popular. It did really well. Whatever. I think be, partly because it's so popular is why it's gotten such pushback from the more 
traditional horror community or the more uh, hardcore horror community. But I think as he makes more movies, there people are going to go back to this movie. Yes, I think, and I, I, because I, I, I think he's going to keep making great horror. Films. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he, I mean. It also just a side note, real quick. I also love that his debunking of theories. I love right, him debunking. That right, is like right, I just right. love you, Jordan Peele. I love you. Um, I th- but I think the pushback against this movie from like traditional hardcore horror fans, not like hardcore fans like you and I, who are like, oh, we like the Cro-Mags, and we also like. No, you mean hardcore in their heart. Sure, 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 sure. Talk about the Cro-Mags. No, you're really funny. Um, I am. Uh, I mean, we saw the same thing in 2016 with like it follows in the Babadook. You know what I mean? Like, I myself was like, when my mom was like, did you see that movie? Uh, it, it follows you, or whatever, and the Babadook? Did you see that? I saw it on, like, Entertainment Weekly. And, like, part of me was, like, bristling. Like, why the fuck? No, like, why is NPR doing, like, reports on, like, It Follows? Like, they've been making great horror movies forever. And then I got over myself, because I tend to do that. But I, I think just any time, like, a horror movie sort of, like, transcends, like, us, and then is has an appeal to like everybody like not just like weirdo horror fans weirdo horror fans sort of they get like that like they you know they they try to pull it under the rock and they like shield their eyes from the sunlight i mean that's my feeling as well and 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 i say that even having friends who are those people who they don't listen to this podcast though but people who like really were oh I really hate the witch. I really hate it. Follows. The witch is another one. Yeah. And- I really hate the Baba Duke. And I know in my head, I'm like, you only, in my mind, again, they don't listen to this podcast, so they won't be offended. Um, you only feel that way because everyone else likes it. And this is, you're being that, you're being the person, because here's the thing. You can be the person who hates um, Bruno Mars. And it's like, okay, you, <coughs> Josh you, Alvarez. you hate Bruno Mars just because everyone likes it. Or you can be the person who hates Taylor Swift. Which Taylor Swift is actual shit. So this is this is the thing is that like these folks think they're the Taylor Swift hater, but they're actually the Bruno Mars hater. Yeah. hater. They think like no no no, I'm seeing through the lies and I'm seeing the truth of the matter. And I'm like, I just don't think you are like. Not that they have to love these movies. I also know people who are medium, and I'm actually okay. I'm more okay with the medium. It's the people who want to say. To like literally said to me, to me, it follows is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. People are fucking stupid. That's I just think it's I just think you're more responding to the popularity of it. Of course, of course they are. Of course they are. Okay, can I say my number two? I just want to say real quick. In addition, no, this is a valid point. Jesus Christ! In addition to that, sort of like that, that like that like knee jerk contrarian yeah. Yeah. you also have the fact that this is a movie about how terrible white people can be right so then people are people horror fans who are right no yeah you know what i mean like they're gonna be like oh, i didn't like the movie because anti-white and it's like yeah but yeah i mean uh, i'm sure there are people who don't even say that who is their response is t- because of what the movie's about i don't think the horror community overall there are aspects which are, but overall is completely ready to have race conversations anyway. Like, I just think that's true. But yeah. I also think like, I also think let's not pretend the movie. What's weird to me is when people are that put off by the movie. Cause I don't think the movie is so radical. Like, I'm not surprised that a lot of white people also like the movie. Like, I, I, I don't think the movie's so radical that like, it, that someone's that I understand when someone's off put by it. Like if you're at the point where you're like, well, I just couldn't really handle how, how bad it made me feel as a white person. It's like, Oh, I'm Aww. sorry, buddy. You're probably a racist then. Like, yeah. I hate to say it like, or even if you're not a racist, you don't care enough about 
not white people to notice the ways that you are a part of racism. Yeah, you're it's really what to feel. I felt terrible watching that movie because yeah, right. But the people who were like a f- deeply offended, yeah, yeah, the people who mean? like hated it, like. Um, but again, uh, that's not to say that everyone who doesn't like the movie is, is because you're white. Like that's not what I'm saying at all. Um, and I, I, I believe it or not, oh my God, here's a crazy thing. Who could believe? Hot it? takes of Liam O'Donnell, 2018. I, I know black people who don't like Get Out. <gasps> what? what? Holy Liam, shit! Did you know that Liam knows black people? I mean. You can call bullshit on that if you want, but no, I, I, so I'm not trying to draw a line in the sand on get out per se, but I do think it's upsetting the fact that that exists. Like there are people who, you know, who don't like it, who you suspect like, well, because I know you, I wonder if that's what's going on with a side. But there are people who straight up say, I don't like this movie because of the, I've seen it. I've seen it in Facebook. And every time I see someone like just straight up name it, I'm like, how are you comfortable saying that? Like, how are you comfortable putting that in the world? Like, actually, it was kind of a fun movie, except for the part where it made me feel shitty as a white person. Uh... I mean, it's not like we have a fucking racist shit given for a fucking president right now. All right. Look, this is not a politics podcast. It's not. But we are. If you did vote for Donald Trump, though, you should kill yourself. Yes. So get fucked. Just we are leftists. <laughs> we are fucking leftists. We're coming for that toothbrush. You you say that, but there are actual leftists who, who are right now saying we're gonna I'm gonna cut Justin's head off and sacrifice him. There are people who I know listen to this podcast who are like, "You're such a liberal, Justin. You're not a leftist." That's fine. That's fine. Okay, uh, my number two is Raw. I'll just put that. Okay, up Raw is my number two. Um, Liam Donald's number one. Well, let me just say why Raw. What's my do my trouble? It was Raw even on your was it Raw yeah. on your list? What number was it? Seven. Eat shit. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it raw. I thought it was really well so done. So good. I thought it was really emotional. It's sort of what I'm looking for a horror in a lot of ways. That's why I don't eat me because that's what so. happened to me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what's your number one? You go first. No, you go first. Do you know we actually put a list together? That's your drum roll. My number one is more of a process of elimination. And you've actually thought about it. My number one is Stephen King's seminal classic, The Dark Tower. <laughs> that's this. a fucking joke. It's fucking it. Yeah, fucking it starting yeah, yeah, yeah. delicious looking Bill Skarsgård yeah, with his it. one eye looking somewhere else and his other eye looking right at you. Yeah, the drool, the drool, the fucking yeah. ooh. Yeah, we did an episode on it. We need to really. I mean, it's there's there. I mean, I'm kind of angry. I'm gonna fucking tag Andy Muschietti in this on Twitter, and I hope he sees it. I'm gonna tag him every day. I want that fucking director's cut. I want the scene where he eats a baby, where it eats a baby. I want yeah. it. Yeah. But if you want to know how we feel about this, we did a whole fucking hour-long episode with 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 uh, Insidious Four's number one fan, John Wren, <laughs> and uh, Brendan Foley. You can go check it out. We did it a few. We did it back in September. But yeah, it great movie. I loved it. it. Was everything I wanted to look forward to. Uh, Tommy Lee Wallace sucks in the '90s miniseries. Sucks. Liam, what was your number one? It's it's um. So here's my issue. I, the, my number one is a is is either personal shopper okay or the killing of a sacred deer interesting the problem is two foofy movies that i'm not surprised old foofy liam (laughs) well that's my issue is that people could say that neither one of these movies are horror movies here's how i got to my number one basically the highest rated movie that is horror okay on my list is raw that's on the list that's on my overall top 20 of the year raw is number six after raw there's two movies that are medium horror, and that would be Personal Shopper and Killing of a Sacred Deer. Personal Shopper I watched a little bit with. I really like that movie, and I really like The Killing of a Sacred Deer. 
if y'all want to say those aren't horror movies, then Raw is my number one. Okay. That's fine. Then we'll just move everything up, and you can fucking put on... I mean, honestly, we could easily put The Black Coat's Daughter in there. I just didn't count it because we watched it so long ago. um, What about The Tragedy Girls? That that didn't... I didn't get the chance to see it. That's what I'm saying. And I saw a number of... So um, I saw Mayhem at Brooklyn Horror Film Fest. That wouldn't make my list. I saw Cold Hell. But Cold Hell, to me, is more of an action film. Okay. So this is my thing. I, I could put Cold Hell in there, but... I don't know if it counts as a horror movie. I don't know if Personal Shopper counts. I don't know if Killing of Sacred Deer counts. Uh, also, um, a little movie called um, Low Life. But again, it's not really horror. I saw a lot of mm, genre non-specific films that I could have put on this list. Okay. And I really think uh, if I counted as a horror movie, probably The Killing of a Sacred Deer was my favorite horror movie of the year. And again, th- this is not to say... I, I, Josh, Josh, Justin is right. I have picked some frou-frou. These are some frou-frou I, movies. I'm kidding. Not no, but you're right, though, in the sense of, like, I don't want it to be, like, I don't, I want to be clear. I love traditional-ass, normal-ass horror movies. Yeah. But for real, I didn't see a good slasher this year. Like, a There's new... There's no such thing. <laughs> There's no such thing as a good slasher. I certainly didn't see a really great, like, satanic horror movie... Um, I didn't see, you know, I love gore. I'm a big gore fan. You're a gore whore. I wouldn't go so far as whore. <laughs> Can I downgrade it to hound? Yeah. Gore hound? Yeah, gore okay. hound. <laughs> um, and the one movie I didn't, speaking of hound, the one movie I didn't put on the list, I was going to add it, and I just decided last minute to take it off, but it would be pretty high up there. It probably would, would maybe not be my number one, but be close, is uh, Hound of Hounds of Love, but uh, I didn't watch it in 2017. It's a 2017 movie, but I I watched it the other day, so I feel weird being like, why? Fuck that! Put it on there. All right, it's on there. Hounds, hounds of Love is that about the Hounds of Tindalos? It is. Uh, I don't know if it's based on it. The thing about Australian horror recently Here we is, go. is I can't this be great. <laughs> no, Australian horror is always amazing. The thing about Australian horror recently is I can't tell when things are based on a true story or not. That's so terrifying. Like Snowtown, if anyone's seen Snowtown, or I saw it as the Snowtown Murders. Yeah. That's based on a true story. Unfortunately, yes. Uh, also, what's the one that just got made into... Razorback, also based on a true story. <laughs> Eat shit. <laughs> There's one that's it's now a TV show based in the US, but it's based off of a, of a, of a Australian film. Uh, I don't know. It's about like a criminal family... Someone's going to fucking know. It doesn't matter. Point is, there's a series of Australian horror films that have been based off of true stories. So Hounds of Love feels like it could have been based off a true story, but I have no evidence to suggest it was. Fuck but it. We live basi- in a post-truth age. Just fucking say it's whatever It's basically you want. a family ab- abducts, a uh, family, a couple abducts young girls okay. to keep as like their sex slaves. That's and terrifying. So uh, it... It, the story is basically you. They don't give you any indication of how many of these girls they've abducted. You just know they've been doing it for a little bit. But um, funny enough, the the couple that abducts together doesn't necessarily stay together. And isn't that what my dad always said? <laughs> yeah. My dad always says the couple that abducts together doesn't necessarily stay together. So eventually, um, almost entirely, partly because of this girl trying to fight for her life but mostly because of this dude just gets a little too creepy okay that um she ends up 
letting the girl go and stabbing him. Partly out of jealousy, too. He's kind of an asshole. Interesting. I mean, he rapes and murders women, but he's he's also an asshole to his wife a little bit. I mean, yeah. (laughs) It's a weird movie. It's definitely a movie not for someone who... Uh, it's definitely like a trigger warningy movie. It's intense, I appreciate that. but it's not what it's not is um, it's not that explicit. You know what he's doing to these young women, okay? But it doesn't feel the need to show you, which I actually appreciate because it's just as horrifying without the gross stuff. I don't need a intense rape scene to know that that's what he's going to do to this young woman. All I need to know is he's going in the room, and that's it. And and the creepiness of it is less gore or violence or torture. It's that you know these two people are just living with these with this young woman and probably countless before them, just in a room, locked in a room, and then yeah. they're just living their lives. And that is actually much more horrifying than being like, okay, now now he grabs her ankle, and but like we no, don't I need mean, any of that. It's, like it's it's, it's, it's al- horrifying without that gross. Always- there are some other gross things in the movie, but nothing like that. Yeah, the creepiest thing, it's always when there's this facade of, uh, um, I mean, I, 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 I hate to to drive that point home. I can't believe I'm about to make this reference, but when I was a kid, I was a big Dean Koontz fan. Sure. Dean Koontz wrote a book called Intensity. I don't know if you've ever read it. Sure. But the plot of it was this young woman was chased across, uh, not the country, across like the state of like Montana or Wyoming or something like that, by this guy who had like a, like a, like a, an RV and he was like a killer. And the dude was like a fucking psychopath and he was um, just evil and it, she's bearing witness to all this shit and she's in this, stuck in this RV and, she's got him, and she goes to his house and he has this whole torture dungeon set up and you're like, what fucking maniac? Who is this guy? And then she calls the cops and who shows up? This guy's the fucking sheriff. Of course. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, I, I remember reading that when I was a kid and I was like, oh my God, because it's like when horrible people are able to just sort of like leave their... To put on a human costume and go out amongst us, yeah. that is terrifying. Yeah, that's really that that's that's definitely a theme that will never get old. And when it's well done, it's it's supremely scary. All right, well, we should wrap up. So that was 2017. Um, I spoke to our next episode. We are not going to be talking about Candyman and people in the The next episode, we're going to be doing Jacob's Ladder, and they look like people. Whoa! Yeah, so that should be a good time. I'm excited about that. Yeah, have you seen They Look Like People? I have. It was so fucking good. Yep. Um. Yeah, so thanks as always for listening. Um, you can go to www.cinepunks.com to check out past episodes of this podcast and other some of our other great podcasts we have, including but not limited to Black Sun Dispatches, Got Me a Movie, Cinepunks, and John Wren's The Mandate, his newest episode. Guys, I'm doing the Italian kissing fingers. Just That new episode he did on Insidious... For the last key, you got to hear that. He fucking loves it. He was, te- you could hear the tears of joy. I don't even care about the Insidious movies, oh but now God. he sold me. He sold I know. me. I know. I kind of gave up after the third one, but like, I want to see the fourth one because John Wren, John Wren loves Insidious for the last key so much. I just got to see it. So you can check that out. Uh, we also have, you can, uh, we have a little store there. We got t shirts and pins and stuff, well, all the cool shit you can, you know, buy. We have a link to our Patreon page you can go to. Even if you throw us a couple dollars, if not, no big deal. Show's free. It's cool. But if you want to show your appreciation with that, that's always appreciated. Uh, you can check us out on Twitter at theharbiz666. Biz spelled B I Z. You can check us out on Gmail. Check us out. 
and go on Gmail and check this out. See what they got to offer on Gmail. <laughs> you can contact us at Gmail at theharbiz at gmail.com. Shoot us a message. Recommendations, uh, anything like that. If you just want to say what's up, that's always appreciated. And you can check us out on iTunes. Uh, you just remember to rate, review, and subscribe. And download, download, download. And as always, if you do leave us a nice five-star review, we, you let us know. Send us a message, and we'll send you some cool free shit. Some swag. We got pins. We got so many pins. We got, we got the best pins. We got our pins are like really good. We got these bigly, the bigly, these, big these great bigly pins. These, and I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make some new Harbiz pins without Liam's permission. I'm doing it in a few weeks. Blu-ray, no way. Harbizness. <laughs> I got these pins on my desk, and they're so much. They're bigger. so much bigger so than they bigger. work. They're the best. They're tremendous. All right, we're gonna go. So we're gonna go. Uh, like I said, thanks always for listening, and stay spooky. Bye. Adios.